This is Reset. I'm Susie Ann, in for Sasha Ann Simons. The holidays are here, and cases of respiratory viruses are still on the rise. COVID, flu, and RSV are continuing to put a strain on our healthcare system. And hospitals are doing their best to fight back in time for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Here with everything you need to know about the so-called triple-demic in Chicago and Illinois is Dr. Mia Teramina, infectious disease specialist at Dooley Health and Care. Welcome back to Reset, Dr. Teramina. Hey, Susie. Good to be here. And we want to hear from you. What questions do you have about staying safe as you head into the holiday weekend? Give us a call at 866-915-WBEZ. That's 866-915-WBEZ. So, doctor, let's start with the numbers. On the show, we have been following COVID, flu, and RSV. What's the latest in Illinois? You know, we're seeing upticks in all three, and I'm seeing cases of patients that are having uh, two or three at the same time or slowly following, or I'm sorry, quickly following one infection following the other. Mm. But even in the last couple of days, I've seen patients that are simultaneously testing positive for influenza and RSV, um, a lot of symptoms, a lot of fever, a lot of coughing. Um, And the hard part is, as we approach the holidays here, patients and their families are sort of looking for a quick fix, like I'm sick today, how can I be better by Thursday? Right. That's not how this works. If you're if you're ill now and you're ill this week, Thanksgiving is not something that should be a high priority for you. Getting better should be, and and gathering in three days is just not a fair timeline to allow these viruses to truly you know recover and not be as transmissible as you look to gathering for any of these holidays coming up. Yeah, well, that's the hard truth. Uh, what impact is this having on on medical providers like Dooley Health and Care, and how are you responding? I think the biggest impact is going to come down to our primary care providers and then our immediate care centers and then outside of Dooley Health and Care, the emergency rooms. And I think that patients, especially with children who are ill, are so anxious to getting uh, their children assessed as quickly as possible, tested for what may be going on, any possible solutions in terms of treatment modalities that they're kind of flooding our immediate care centers, they're flooding primary care offices with sick visits, showing up in the emergency department where they possibly don't need to be in an emergency department setting. They're just seeking that in the hope that they can get a, a quicker response. Um, and it's just, it's been a little bit, uh, not not too chaotic. We are able to handle the volumes, but it's a lot. A lot of these visits are all upper respiratory and pulmonary infections at this point. We're talking with Dr. Mia Teramina of Dooley Health and Care. And also joining us now is Dr. Anisha Shetrapal. Uh, uh, she's an emergency medicine physician at Lurie's Ch- Lurie Children's Hospital, and she joins us on the line. Hi, doctor. Hi, thank you so much for having me back. So um, uh, we are, of course, talking about um, the triple-demic. Um, uh, doctor, fill us in on how pediatric hospitals like yours are doing. What are you seeing at, at Lurie Children's Hospital now? Yeah, so this is uh, an exceptional viral season. Um, we are seeing higher numbers of virus infections um, in the ER and kids who are sicker than they were in previous years. And and um, um, and what kind of surge are you uh, working with, and, and how is uh, Lurie um, accommodating for space? Yeah, so we've actually flexed up some of our space already, and we're working on finding more flex space um, and working on making sure that there are enough providers, nurses, respiratory therapists, and physicians to staff those spaces. Yeah. Well, uh, Dr. Termina, can you remind us of what makes this year's RSV season so unique? Oh, you know, 
what's happening here, especially in children, is we're seeing kids that have been masked and socially distanced for the last couple of years that really haven't been exposed to some of the usual childhood viruses. So for many kids, it's their first exposure ever to RSV, and it's leading to a tremendous number of kids getting infected sort of all at the same time. Mm. Uh, it's not uncommon to hear about uh, multiple RSV cases in a single daycare setting or a single classroom. And while the majority of these kids that are being hospitalized are still the young ones under age two, we are seeing a ton of cases in just kid kids that are, you know, two to 10 years old, a lot of cases, you know, of RSV, especially in those kids. And then, you know, as we move towards uh, another season of, of COVID, we have kids that are under vaccinated, um, kids that still aren't getting their influenza yeah. vaccines that haven't had those bivalent boosters that they do qualify for that could give some additional protection. We don't have a vaccine that prevents RSV at this point. So we have to sort of use every layer of mitigation we have for everything that we can protect against. Yeah, and, and, you know, I know that a, a lot of parents have been um, hearing about these uh, rising cases of RSV. And, and so uh, I think parents look at um, their sick child and, and they're trying to decide when should be the point to go to the hospital. Uh, Dr. Shetrapal, when, what, what are some signs that parents should be looking out for in their sick child that now's the time to go to the hospital? Yep, there's three things that I always tell parents that they need to come in for. One is that, is that whether your child is having difficulty breathing. So if they're breathing faster than 60 times a minute at any age, um, or they're just, you can see all of their ribs, you can see them working really hard to breathe, that's an immediate ER visit. The next one is, uh, is dehydration. Um, kids need to be pushing fluids. Um, Gatorade, popsicles, all that kind of stuff, um, whatever they'll take is fine when they're sick. Um, if they're having three or less wet diapers in a day um, or you're not seeing tears when they cry, especially in an infant, that's a good reason to come. And the last one, um, we expect changes in behavior in kids who are sick. They're just not as interested in eating. They're more tired. But if you're having a hard time waking your child, that's another important reason to be evaluated in an ER setting. Yeah. Well, uh, Dr. Shetrapal, I mean, we, we know how intense the emergency room setting is with just the surge in patients. How do you keep up with your overall wellness and, and how is Lurie supporting its staff through this? Yeah, I, I think Lurie's doing a great job of supporting us. Um, we're certainly um, hiring as fast as we can in terms of nurses um, and respiratory therapists. We're having um, expanded coverage from other services in the hospital to help us out. Um, the ER is kind of a unique spot. Um, it's our job to keep kind of all the kids safe, um, whether those are the kids that I'm directly seeing in my pod in the ER or the kids in the waiting room. Mm -hmm. So what I want parents to know is that I'm keeping an eye on the vital signs of your kid in the waiting room. I'm picking which kids to come back based on their acuity and how their vital signs look. Yeah. Um, I think that's incredibly important for parents to know. Um, we are getting to you and we are paying attention to your kids' vital signs. And Dr. Termina, uh, the weather has changed significantly since uh, you were last on Reset. Um, and, and here on, at Reset, uh, we had three producers out sick recently. Any advice on, on dealing with the temperature shifts? You know, we need to go back to what we know has worked over the last two and a half years. And our threshold needs to be fairly low to go ahead and put those masks yeah. back on if you're going to be working in close indoor spaces with people, especially if you're trying to protect folks that you 
your loved ones over the holidays and over Thanksgiving. If I'm going to have family over in a few days, I'm going to make sure that I'm masked as much as possible over the next few days and test myself prior to gathering for Thanksgiving yeah. just to make sure that I'm not unknowingly carrying COVID or, you know, if I'm sick, another virus as well. I think the most important thing goes back to what I said earlier is that if you're sick today, chances are Thursday is not going to be a good time to gather, even if you're feeling a little bit better. These viruses are contagious for longer than just 24 or 48 hours. And how would you say uh, folks can kind of get ahead of the the seasonal illnesses, uh, especially if they want to make it to Thursday? Is it sort of, well, stay home until Thursday? There's a little bit of that. If you can isolate as much as you can and kind of cut out any unnecessary indoor events or activities between now and Thursday, uh, to go ahead and make sure that you have uh, some home COVID antigen tests on hand and test yourself. Make sure that you've got your flu shot and your bivalent COVID booster. Of course, ideally, those would have been given already, but if you haven't, make it a priority to get them today, tomorrow, and just have all of those you know, uh, options available for you. As you gather for Thanksgiving, keeping those windows cracked open if it's a nicer day, having some outdoor uh, activity, a bonfire or whatnot if that's possible, and good hand washing, socially distancing within the home, uh, maybe rethinking eating around the same dining room table mm -hmm. and maybe have smaller groups gathering throughout a space or throughout a home where people are just eating uh, together or more of a strolling buffet style might be an option for you as well. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I've heard of folks who uh, were sick, didn't have COVID, didn't have the flu or RSV. Um, so a, a sick reset teammate here asked, how long is a cold contagious? From my standpoint, I look for a de-escalation in symptoms. And if there are fevers present, you need to be at least 24 hours fever-free. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. We are seeing metanumovirus, parainfluenza virus, enterovirus, rhinovirus. The other things are going around as well. So make sure that those symptoms are dramatically improving and you're at least 24 hours fever-free before you consider um, getting out and about. And if you're gathering with vulnerable older family members, yeah. immunosuppressed family members, or little kids, you really should probably take a pass if you have any symptoms at all. This is Reset. I'm Susie on in for Sasha Ann Simons. Right now we are talking to Dr. Mia Taramina of Dooley Health and Care and Anisha Shetrapal of Lurie Children's Hospital about how to stay safe from COVID, flu, and RSV during the holidays. And we're also taking your questions. Give us a call now at 866 915-WBEZ. That's 866-915-WBEZ. Um, Dr. Shetrapal, um, you know, we, we've been talking about family gatherings. So as, as many families are bringing little ones around uh, their extended families, maybe for the first time, what's your guidance on this? Yep. So CDC guidance, first of all, says that anyone taking care of an infant should be updated on their shots. And what mm -hmm. that means is being updated on a pertussis booster, a flu shot, and a COVID shot. So I think that is the bare minimum. If you're bringing an infant to a gathering, um, I would make sure that everyone's been tested and that no one has symptoms um, of any virus, because especially in babies under two months, they are extremely high risk um, for getting very, very sick with these viruses. Yeah. Um, babies who haven't had any of their immunizations yet, who are under two months of age, we should use extreme caution in exposing them to people who might have viruses. 
Dr. Termina, you know, I, I've I've um, heard of uh, folks in my social circle who I, I've mentioned, you know, they don't have COVID, they don't have flu, they don't have RSV, but the cold that they have, it just, it feels terrible. Is there something else going around or is it because maybe over the past couple of years they haven't gotten sick and this is maybe their first round of getting sick uh, in a while that it just feels this way? Well, all of the above. I, I, as I said before, there definitely are cases of parainfluenza virus, mm. metanumovirus, rhinovirus, enterovirus. We're seeing a lot of the usual respiratory viruses that we do typically see. And I think for a lot of folks who have been really doing well with mitigations, vaccinated, socially distancing, wearing a mask, who may not have had an illness in the last couple of years, this may feel like a doozy, um, you know, even with the common cold type symptoms that are, are coming through with really protracted coughs, feeling down and out for more days than you would think. Uh, most of us, as we age, have been exposed to all of these viruses over time. So we do carry some antibodies and some memory cells that help us to not have as severe of an illness. This is why littlest, uh, the littlest kids have some of the more severe presentations, because it really could be their first exposure ever. Um, but yeah, absolutely, we are seeing more stuff going around than just the flu, RSV, and COVID. Well, uh, Dr. Taramina, I mean, you mentioned some really great uh, ways to stay safe uh, for Thanksgiving. So what is that going to look like for you on Thursday? For me personally, mm-hmm. my daughter my daughter and myself are actually volunteering our time to uh, serve those less fortunate than us on Thursday. Um, and we will be masked the entire time because the uh, population that we will be working with on Thursday uh, tends to be more vulnerable. And I want to make sure that, you know, we are as safe as possible serving those uh, in greatest need. Yeah. How about you, Dr. Setrapal? I'm flying to be with my husband and his family uh, in San Diego. Um, I wear a fitted mask wherever I go, kind of all the time, but especially right now. And by a fitted mask, I mean a KN95, a KF94, or an N95. Um, I'll be wearing that doing travel. Um, We will be testing before gathering. And since we're in San Diego, a lot of it's going to be outdoors. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Well, um, Dr. Taramina, finally, you know, beyond the holidays, uh, what are your recommendations for how folks can stay safe? So I think that making sure you're up to date on every vaccine you're eligible to receive, uh, including, again, getting that influenza shot, as well as your bivalent COVID booster, as a reminder, everyone over the age of five is eligible for a bivalent COVID booster. If it's been at least two months since your last COVID shot and you've completed a primary series. So there still is a little bit of disconnect there and people thinking they're not eligible for a booster yet when they indeed are. Um, I think that having a mask nearby is going to be a good idea as you have to even do something like go grocery shopping for a half an hour mm-hmm. or 40 minutes where you're going to be indoors with other people, possibly waiting in lines to check out and in close proximity to others and good hand washing, good ventilation strategies. And, you know, for as much as you can kind of go back to that feel of a a bubble of folks that are vaccinated and feeling well, I think that that's going to be the safest approach to these holidays. That's Dr. Mia Taramina with Dooley Health and Care. Also with us, Dr. Anisha Shetra-Paul with Lurie Children's Hospital. Thank you to you both.